Welcome to the All Seven Days Podcast, where uh, we're just a couple of guys taking questions from you. Send your questions in at askatall7days.com, 864-660-9473. Join the All Seven Days Hangout on Facebook, and join us now on YouTube. It's a very special episode today. We have Trevor with us. Say hey, Trevor. Hello. Hey, Trevor. <laughs> and we also have the uh, MVP from the NPL, Mr. Pastor, Mr. Pastor. Bradley Cox. That's Mr. Pastor to us, right, Bradley? Mr. Pastor. I've never had anybody call me Mr. Pastor. So. <laughs> well, now you have another title for the other podcast you're on. There you go. Mr. There you go. How are you doing, Bradley? I'm doing great, man. Listen, I, uh, I, hope I, you I think you have been cheating in all this, uh, all this quarantine stuff because your haircut is, like, fresh. Well, when, when you do it at home with, I mean, my, my hair styling is all about efficiency. Well, other than the fact that I don't have much, it's slipper with no guard and my wife will shave my neck for me with a bit of protest, um, <laughs> the back of my neck and, uh, and that's it. So I, I, I'm not affected by the clothes of barbershops like some people are. Well, yeah, Trevor and I are, and uh, and but I probably shouldn't be. Uh, you know, one of these days soon, I'm going to join your club. But uh, Trevor, Trevor though is always perfectly quaffed, as they say. And uh, <laughs> my hair is a hot mess right now. That's why I wear a hat. It's so bad. Yeah, I'm I'm getting up in the morning and having you know I've never really had much bedhead, but you know because I try to keep it fairly short. But now I'm getting the bedhead thing, and it's. It's uh, it's not pretty. So anyway, and the beard. I, I noticed your beard's growing too, Mr. Bradley. So Mr. Pastor Bradley. So, uh, but it doesn't look. It looks like you've trimmed it as well. Yeah, I keep it pretty tight. I don't yeah. like for one thing. I don't have the uh, the the just the thick swath that Trevor has. It it mine gets a little wiry when it gets <laughs> long. So I, I keep mine pretty tight. Yeah, I normally do too, but Trevor and I started this protest thing when the COVID thing hit and they wouldn't let us go anywhere. We would just not touch it until they let us go somewhere. So there you go. That's kind of what's going on with this mess. But, uh, Trevor, you looks good. Trevor can definitely pull it off. It's got, yeah, he's Trevor, got the. Trevor has the face made for a beard. In other words, thank you guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about this every time I'm on. Every time. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so anyway, we well, we hope everyone's doing well in South Carolina, and uh, hopefully the the curve is bending the right way for you guys. I think it is here in Mississippi and other parts of the country. So, hopefully this thing will be over soon, and uh, we can start uh, start gathering together again. I think that would that would be such a huge release for uh, for all of the churches around america and just people in general um i think that would be i think we'd all benefit from it oh yeah, yeah i think i think the public tolerance is waning and uh, i mean I, I i try to keep up with it it seems like it's curving the right way but i'm i'm really hopeful that we're going to be able to get back to church in may yeah i think that would be awesome mm -hmm. well um well, we appreciate you coming on. It's 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 been uh, it's been probably five or six weeks since we've had you on, so this is probably going to be a six-hour episode, 
and uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll try to we'll try to cut you off when your time runs out. But uh, thanks for joining us again today. We're going to take a look back at some past episodes and uh, see where we might have went off the rails or uh, what other insights we might be able to pull out of this thing. So let's take a quick break. This is the All Seven Days podcast. If you've been wondering where the opening and closing music for the All Seven Days podcast came from. That was all made possible by Westminster Effects. Westminster Effects exists to equip the church musician while highlighting the richness of church history. Explore the smoke-filled ambience of the Spurgeon Hall reverb. Add some meat, or sausage, to your tone with a Zwiggly SDD3K, and make every note the raunchiest of solos with the Osteen distortion. Visit WestminsterEffects.com for hand-wired theology sound guitar effects made in South Carolina. Welcome back to the All Seven Days Podcast. It's always strange when we take breaks and we don't really do anything. <laughs> but uh, it is it is Pastor Bradley Day, and uh, we're glad to have you to take a look back at uh, some of our past episodes. Um, we've got uh, the episode Double Dribble, where uh, Trevor confessed to riding the bench in college from playing basketball. And uh, the question was, what is the purpose of baptism? We kind of walked through that a little bit. And uh, so, uh, Bradley, what would you add to, or just recap what what we uh, what what you might think? Uh, do you have a do you have like a baptism class at your church? Do you have if somebody says, "Hey, I want to do this," do you have something that you walk them through, uh, or anything like that that helps? Well, them? we we cover baptism in our membership class. Mm-hmm. Um, we we go into that pretty good detail, um, and. It, but when we have baptism services, most of the time it's we have individual conversations with people. Uh, our church is still small enough that we can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, some churches you know might baptize a hundred people in one service or fifty people or whatever, which is great. Um, and you know, if we if we got to that point, we would probably do a baptism specific class, but right now it works for us to just cover it in, in membership and then have individual conversations with baptism candidates. That's good. Um, so yeah, I, I, when you, when you said a hundred at a time, the last, the last biggest baptismal service we had at our church was 12 and being in the band, we, we had, what we normally do is, uh, we normally do is ours on our second Wednesday service. So uh, we'll open with a worship song, kind of upbeat kind of thing, and then the band will just kind of just kind of softly play in the background. And this one particular yep. Wednesday night, we had 12. And the guy doing the baptism for the first guy took five minutes just to talk to him. And oh, wow. I, I just quickly did the math, and I thought, we're going to be up here an hour. and i think he got a couple of looks and a couple of a couple of you know the hey you know push this along a little bit (laughs) he didn't take take a full hour but i was worried there for a little bit uh because he he does like to be you know it is a very personal thing and he did he did want to try to spend some time with each one but it was it was kind of scary there for a second yeah so anything uh any other insights into the purpose of baptism for for uh for us in that one. well a couple of things i would say i i don't the person who asked the question um i don't know if they're coming from um uh, a, a background where infants are baptized 
uh, or if they're in a church that practices believers' baptism, I think uh, all of us are in believers' baptism churches. Right. Um, yeah, and this guy, and, this guy is too. Yeah, he is. Okay. So just a, a bit of clarification about infant baptism. Um, the And I'm not an expert on that, you know, in terms of all the theological roots of it, but it, in at, at, at basis, it's new, the people who practice infant baptism believe that new covenant baptism is approximate fulfillment of the sign of circumcision. So it's, it's, it's applied as the mark of covenant, uh, water baptism that is to believers and their children. Uh, just as both these groups were, were cut out from the world under the old covenant. So we know in the old covenant, the circumcision was the outward sign or expression of being a part of God's covenant people. Uh, though, you know, the Bible bears out that not, not every person born of Israel, you know, Jewish descent um, was a child of promise, right? I mean, it's, you know, Paul makes that clear. It's not a bloodline that saves. Abraham himself, the first one circumcised, was justified by faith, and circumcision was an outward expression of that. So infant baptism works much the same way. Uh, and they read it, uh, you know, one of the passages is Colossians 2, 11 and 12. I think you may have read that, I don't know. But it says, uh, in him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Um, so it, infant baptism in those is, is a is a replacement of circumcision. Uh, and when infants are baptized, they're baptized as part of God's covenant people. It's a there's a believing household, uh, and there are references where in the New Testament where it talks about someone was saved and their household with them and were baptized. Though we never have any explicit reference in the New Testament that an infant was baptized. In fact, there, there's no explicit reference that I know of, of a second generation Christian in the New Testament. Right. They're all first generation Christians that were baptized. And so, um, you know, I, we practice believers baptism. Um, I can't get there theologically for infant baptism. I just think that baptism is a multi-layered symbol. Um, and by that, I mean, it symbolizes, it's meant to symbolize the, the contrast between our natural birth and our new birth, right? Jesus says to Nicodemus in John three, that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. All right. So we're, we're naturally born in water, right? I mean, we, we get that the anatomy of it. And then the, the spirit is likened unto water and the living water in the New Testament. And so it, the Bible's clear, I think, that while Jesus secures our new birth, it's the spirit that actually executes it. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Right. Uh, so the Holy Spirit executes the new birth uh, when we are justified by grace through faith. And so that's one layer of it. I think the other layer, you guys talked about this a lot, is our identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So 
we go into the water, and it pictures that we, we have identified with Christ in his death. We have died to sin. Old things have passed away. And then we come out of the waters, and we identify with his resurrection. We are born again. We're raised to new life in Christ. And baptism is a symbol. I don't think it's just a symbol. It doesn't save us. Uh, it's not what makes us born again, but I do think there's a, a spiritual nourishment and a work of the Spirit in the waters of baptism that's similar to what we experience in communion. Right. Uh, but one of the ways I talk about baptism with people uh, is uh, to use the analogy of a wedding ring. So, you know, this ring that I wear, it doesn't make me married. Right. Um, but it, it tells the world that I'm married, right? It tells everyone around me that I'm married. And baptism is, you know, in its essence, a testimony of I have been born again, new birth in Christ, and I have identified with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're telling the world that. It's a going public, so to speak. It's putting on the wedding ring. Uh, and I do think that the Spirit of God works in it in a unique way. So I don't think it's only symbolic, but it is symbolic, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, jumping down, uh, the next one we're going to talk about is the mask, which we talked uh, a good deal about uh, this young man who wrote this very long paragraph of a question, uh, but he gave us a good bit of background about his struggles with drug abuse and talking about how we can, um, his question was, how can, how can someone who stru- still struggles with this deeper develop their relationship with God? And I just kind of flipped it because I had no idea how to respond to that. I just, I just changed the word drug abuse to sin because we can yeah. all identify with that. And how do we develop our relationship with God um, when it sounds like, um, you know, he's got the same struggle we all have with trying to put off the old self um, and, and come into a, a better relationship with God. So mm-hmm. I'll stop and let you <laughs> let you be wise, oh wise one. I I I want to offer a similar disclaimer to the one you guys offered. I, I'm not an addiction expert. I don't have experience with chemical dependency. Um, but I've worked with enough people to know that it's it's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, the physical, physiological aspect of addiction is, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I've sat my kids down. They're 14 and 11 years old. And I've said to them, you know, we've, we've had the sex talk with them. They, they, they know about, you know, they're, they're learning more and more about the evil that's present in the world and the kinds of temptations that present themselves to all of us. But I, I've said to them, I've said, look, uh, I know you're going to want to try stuff. I know you're going to want to explore and experiment at times. And, and sometimes you're going to make mistakes. But I've told them, I said, Whatever you do, stay away from drugs. Because I remember several years ago, I was working with a guy that 
had gotten addicted to drugs. And um, I remember one day he showed up in my office and my assistant came in and she, she was as pale as Trevor's shirt. And she said, Michael's outside. You got to talk to him. And he came to my office and his arm was literally rotting off. He'd gotten a hold of some bad needles and I, I've never seen anything like it. And we got into the emergency room and he was just, Oh, pastor, I, I'm done. I'm done with drugs. I'm done with drugs. I'm done with drugs. This is killing me. It's destroying my family. It's destroying my body. And it wasn't a few months after that, that he was arrested and spent five years in jail for stealing stuff out of people's garage in order to fund his habit. Mm. Um, so I know my point is, I know the chemical dependency is real. And sometimes God fearing spirit filled Christians uh, find themselves addicted and they, they might need help. They might need, in fact, they will, they'll need the help of professionals, medical and psychological professionals to get past that chemical dependency. And, um, and I, I believe God can heal that sure. just like sure. he would cancer. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm confident of that, but sometimes we know he chooses not to heal physically and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a battle there for the Christian to overcome that chemical dependency. Now, for Kurt, it sounds like maybe he's beyond that chemical dependency stage. If he's using drugs, he, I, I think the end of his question, he says, I'm clean for the most part, but occasionally have relapses. Yeah. Um, so the, the chemical dependency might might not be what he's battling right now. It, 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 it sounds like it's more of a spiritual and psychological battle, mm -hmm. which, you know, to answer his question, um, how do I take that next step? You know, for one thing, Kurt, if you're listening, I, I just, I'm so grateful for how far you've come. Yeah. I mean, to come from, um, using all the time and not knowing Christ to knowing Christ and you know that drug use going from every day to maybe occasional slip-ups I think that's not something we should under celebrate right I think I mean I think God's brought him a long way and so Kurt you know give thanks for that um, but I would also encourage him to consider the fact that salvation, if, if he has truly surrendered his life to Jesus, salvation is, yes, it's about forgiveness. It's about justification. It's about redemption. But with the new birth also comes a change of affection. Yeah. Um, you know, and I love, Stan, that you guys went to uh, Jeremiah 2, mm -hmm. where... Uh, you know, the prophet, God speaks to the prophet and says, my people have committed two evils. They've uh, forsaken me, you know, the fountain of living water, and they've hewn out cisterns for themselves, that broken cisterns that can hold no water. It's one of the major themes of the Bible is God is saying, let me satisfy you. Yeah. Let me do that. And for the Christian, you know, before we're saved, we don't have affection for God. We don't have desire for God. Um, I think Paul is clear about that in Romans. 
Then I think Paul's speaking of his own experience in Romans 7 when he talks about, now I find myself in this struggle where I don't do the things I want to do, and I do the things I don't want to do. Yeah. You know, I find this war within my members, and who's going to save me? Um, he's wrestling with the fact that his affections have changed, but there's still this old man and these, these carnal desires that, you know, James will say, you know, uh, a man is tempted when he is lured away by desire. Mm -hmm. And so we, the, the experience for the Christian now is a new birth with new desires, but this old man is still tagging along with these, these deceitful desires the Bible talks about that tend, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's captured so well in, in your theme song for the podcast, you know, come thou fount of every blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, tune my heart to sing thy praise. And then there's this line, prone to wonder, yeah. Lord, I feel it. Mm -hmm. Prone to leave the God I love. And I hear, I might be making some assumptions, but I hear in Kurt's uh, paragraph there, a desire for God. I hear a desire uh, for Christ. There's, a, there's at least a sense in him that Christ is the treasure he wants. But there, he's like all of us. We've got a heart that, at least on this side of eternity, is still prone to wonder. Yeah. And uh, my encouragement is uh, let the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to, he to help you trust God for that satisfaction that you're still looking for in occasional drug use. We all want to be happy. You know, we all want to feel good. And every sin, every sin is a perversion of a God-given, God-glorifying desire to have joy. Yeah. You know, we want joy, and God gave us that desire, and it's a right desire. But when I look for joy in drugs or alcohol or porn or money, I'm, I'm hewing out a cistern that doesn't hold water. Yeah. And God's going, what are you doing? You know, I'm here. I want to satisfy you, and um, I want to quench your thirst. Um, and to Kurt, I would say God will do that. Um, but I'd also say this, you know, Kurt, it might be a lifelong battle for you. Um, you know, on this side of eternity, we're all going to fight. We're going to fight until the day we die in Christ or Jesus returns. But it's a worthy fight. It's a worthy fight to, you know, Piper talks about there's, for the Christian, we have two selves. We have the renewed self that longs for God, thirsts for God, sees the beauty and worth of Christ, like, like Paul talks about in Philippians. I count all things as loss yeah. for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. But then there's that other self that has to be denied. You know, he has to be told, you bow your knee because you're, you're, you're turning to the wrong things to find joy and satisfaction. And I think, like you said, Stan, the scriptures help us with that. They help us set our minds on things above, not on things that are on earth. Uh, they remind us that, you know, the spirit, I know we're going to talk about this about another episode, but the, you know, Paul said, don't quench the spirit. And the context of that was, 
all about, you know, just living well in life. Like the spirit is in us endeavoring to help us turn to Jesus for satisfaction and joy and live a life that honors and glorifies God for our joy. And so, uh, I think Kurt's on the right path, but, um, I would just encourage him to realize he's got a new set of desires. He's not just trying not to do something. This is not just about, I don't want to do drugs anymore, so I'm going to try not to do that. This is about the fact that you want Christ now. You have a God-given desire to be satisfied in him. And my encouragement is lean into that in prayer, in scripture, in Christian community. Lean into that desire with all your might, let that be the way you fight um, this addiction battle that he's fought for so long. It's like the, uh, it's like the golfer who's trying to hit over the trees or over the water. And instead of looking at his target where he's trying to land, the only thing he can think of is the trees or the water. And that's normally where the ball ends up, right? (laughs) Story of my golf game right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's good. Trevor, you got anything for that? No, I I like that was pretty good. Always good. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of friends in my past uh, deal with um, drug abuse. I've lost a few friends with from drug abuse, so um, I've seen firsthand what the struggle looks like. And um, when they're not uh, in a relationship with God, how easily it goes bad. So. like you said, Bradley, this guy's he's well ahead of the curve for most people that have dealt with drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Well, I I hope and trust that he's got good support around him. Um, you know, there's a guy at Rez right now that he's he's similar to Kurt. He's coming a long, long, long way. He's been in prison because of addiction and and he's fighting, you know, and some days he has to fight harder than others. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I love the psalm that talks about, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the, the context of that psalm, it talks about, you know, I delight in your law as much as in all riches. You know, he's not storing up the word and, and memorizing it as some sort of, you know, emotionless spiritual discipline that he thinks it's like a magic pill to keep me from doing the wrong thing. It's it. The storing up of the word is really about, um, leaning into that affection that he has for God. Um, and so scripture memorization would be good for Kurt as long as he understands that, um, that's not a, that that's not a work that we do as much as it is a, you know, the more I eat steak, the less I'm content with, you know, cheap meat, right? And so the more you can store up the word and feast on that and be satisfied in God with the help of the spirit, the less and less appealing the, um, the sin is going to be whatever the sin might be. You know, I think, I think that sanctification, I was always taught that sanctification, the growth in holiness 
was I, I understood it as getting more and more spiritually disciplined. And I, that's not to say that that's not part of sanctification, but I think sanctification is more about delighting more and more in God. The more I delight in him, the, the less appealing sin is to me. Yeah. It really is, because he, he is all satisfied. Yeah, so. very true. That's good stuff. And it's a, it's a great segue into the next one, which is, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer? And I think part of it, we've, we've already kind of touched on this a great deal in this other question, in that uh, the Holy Spirit does help us change desires and uh, moves into that so what else did you hear in that particular episode um that uh that you could add to mr pastor bradley <laughs> I, I i thought i thought this was a great episode i i, I love that you kind of went through some of the different roles that the holy spirit plays in our lives um i, I think you know when when i talk about the holy spirit i always want to emphasize that he's a person mm -hmm. not an it um, some people don't, don't really understand that the Holy Spirit can and should be prayed to directly. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times in my prayer life when I address him specifically because he's a person. Mm -hmm. He's distinct from the son and the father, though he's one with them, right. but he's distinct in his personhood. And the Bible teaches that he permanently indwells the heart and life of every believer. And so he, he, the person of God, the Holy Spirit, is with me all the time. And so, you know, the Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit helps me pray. That's Romans 8. Mm -hmm. When I don't know how to pray as I ought, the Holy Spirit helps me in my weakness. Right. You know, and so when there are times in my prayer life where I don't know what to pray, I don't know what to ask God for. I don't know how to even articulate my struggle or my need, or maybe even it doesn't even have to be struggle or need. It could just be my love and affection for him. Like I'm, I'm struggling to put words to that. Yeah. I'll just ask the Holy spirit, help me, help me pray. And, and I love what Paul says is he says, Sometimes that's with groanings too deep for words. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the way I read that, the way I understand that is that sometimes all I can get out is, oh, God. Mm -hmm. And that might be an, oh, God, in a cry of desperation, or it might be an, oh, God, in a moment of just uh, euphoric worship. Mm -hmm. um, but what, here's what Paul says. is He says, the Holy Spirit is coupling that groan with intercession that's directly in line with the will of God. Yeah, which is just so, incredible when you think about that. Oh, it's mind-boggling because he's filling in all the blanks for me. Yeah. And sometimes I have a ton of blanks in my prayer life and in my worship. That's and he's filling We have to admit probably it's all one big blank, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And, and so that's one of the things that I think is so powerful about the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I, I love to think about this. You know, Mary and I have been reading Luke, and, you know, Luke, more so than the other Gospels, emphasizes Jesus' dependence on the Spirit. 
Um, and if you've ever seen the movie, uh, the princess bride, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's this, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but there, there's this amazing scene where Anigo Montoya is going to fight Wesley. Who's masquerading as the dread pirate, Robert Roberts. And, movie, uh, don't you? <laughs> did, did I talk about this before no, on the podcast? You preached a sermon on this movie. <laughs> okay. All right. So they, they go into a battle, right? And, they're dialoguing back and forth, and Anita Montoya is grinning at one point, and, and Wesley says, what are you grinning about? He's like, I know something you don't know. I'm not left-handed. And he switches hands, yeah. and they keep going for a while, and then Wesley says, hey, I've got a surprise for you. I'm not left-handed either. And then he just, you know, takes off. And, you know, when you think about Jesus, the divine son of God, becoming man, so he fully takes on humanity. Mm -hmm. He comes and he lives a sinless life, a perfectly sinless life. And he comes to the end of it and he says, I've done everything my father gave me to do. I did not miss the mark one time. And here's what's amazing to think about, is that in order to do that, in order to be perfect, he did not lean on his divine nature. He didn't fight with his right hand. He depended on the spirit just like we do yeah. and lived a sinless life. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. You know, Hebrews says he offered himself up by the spirit. So he even went through the cross depending on the spirit. Yeah. He obeyed that instruction from his father to give his life by depending on the spirit. You know, he didn't float six inches off the ground and glow in the dark when he slept. He depended on the Holy Spirit all the way through his whole life and secured for us the righteousness of God by doing that. And that, when, when, you, when, you, when you realize we're following Jesus, that the Spirit's helping us live a life like Jesus. Yeah. Not that we're ever going to be equal to the Son of God, but we live Christ's kind of life. Through the in and through the power, the help, the wisdom, the counsel, the guidance, the gifts, the instructions, the fruit, all of the Spirit. Um, it, the, I, I could talk all day about that. I mean, that's just, uh, there's so much to say about the role of the Holy Spirit. But if I were to just sum it up, He is in us and with us to empower us to live the life that Christ died and rose again for us to have yeah. uh, in all aspects. Yeah, that's so good. Good stuff. All right, Trevor, anything? No, that was pretty good. <laughs> Trevor's my yes man. <laughs> that was the amen corner. <laughs> amen. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, this is uh, Jacob wrestling with God, and what we should get from that story. Um, this is—I mean, when you just read this story on the surface, it's just bizarre. It just really is bizarre. It is. <laughs> so, uh, but there's a I don't know why, there. I don't know why people say the Bible is boring. I know, right? I just don't get that. I mean, it. You read stories like this, and there's a dude wrestling with God, and God dislocates his hip before he goes and confronts his estranged brother who's threatening to kill him. I mean, that's like, 
You can't find anything that good on Netflix. I know, right? Okay, so if we write this story in modern day, you know, if this was if this somebody was writing a movie, right? This story would be he wrestles with God. God comes and builds him an army out of the stones or something so he can defeat his brother. But no, that's just not God's way. Instead of instead of doing something to help him defeat his brother, he gives him the tool that he needs to reconcile with him. Yeah. And it happens to be a bad limp. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just it's just not what we would write <laughs> at all. And it's not. And I think lends to the credibility that this is not our book. We we did not come up with this on our own, right? No. <laughs> you, know, you, you guys talked about him wrestling all night. Yeah. Uh, you know, Keith, who pastors here with me at Res, was a police officer for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. And as a police officer and also a member of SWAT team, he, uh, he got a lot of training in just hand-to-hand combat, you know, having to take people down, wrestle people. And he said, um, I heard him say this one time, I think he was used it in, in a sermon where he said, you know, in a, when you're in a fight, I forget the exact number, but it's something like 70 to 80% of your energy is expended within the first 60 seconds. I can believe that. Like that there, there's a, like, that's why boxers have to be in such great shape. I mean, there, there, there is a tremendous amount of energy, you know, particularly when you're in a life or death kind of threatened situation, um, you're going to expend your energy pretty quick. And so for him to wrestle with the maker of heaven and earth all night long, um, you know, it, 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 God must've been toying with him. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, (laughs) I'm not sure how that went actually went down. But, um, yeah, we you know, ended that with a, uh, isn't, isn't God kind to us to show that kind of restraint? I mean, oh man, yeah, because I mean, we, we obviously know that God could have smashed him in a, in a millisecond if he really mm-hmm. wanted to, but yep. to, to show that kind of restraint all night long and then prove his power by just touching his hip and dis- dislocating, he could have done that at the beginning, right? Um, yep. but, uh, but anyway, so any, any other tidbits we can get from that story? I just wrote down a couple of things. Um, I love the picture of Jacob limping towards his tense reunion with Esau. A weakened body, but strengthened faith. Yeah. Like he, he wrestled with God all night, um, and... After doing that, he knows his prayers regarding Esau are going to be answered. You know, um, you know there, there are times when God only releases his blessings on us after a season of prolonged and sometimes painful wrestling with him. Mm-hmm. And I think the purpose of the wrestling is to bring us out. I think this is what he was doing for Jacob, was to bring him out of self-reliance and into childlike dependence. You know, I think that's what ple- you know, the Bible says. God was pleased when Jacob said, "I'm not letting you go to you bless me." Yeah. And that seems rather demanding, but God was pleased with it because I think what ba- Jacob is basically saying is, "I can't face 
my estranged brother without you. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, you know, it, and, and I think God basically is responding by saying, now you get it, Jacob. And just so you don't forget, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tweak your hip. And that lip's going to remind you, you can't do anything without me. And it's that point that God changes his name to Israel. Uh, and what what is the what is the resounding anthem from God to Israel throughout the prophets? You can't do this without me. Yeah. You know you cannot do this without me. So here's a here's a nation that's living out what the 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 in in many ways through failure and sometimes triumph the lesson that. Jacob had to learn when he wrestled with God all night is that, you know, you're Jacob, you're a child of promise, but your bloodline is not going to save you. Only your trust and dependence on me is what's going to save you. Um, You know, I remember years and years ago, um, I say years and years, it was about 12 years ago. I, um, I was bivocational at res and I, I was, my, my day job, so to speak, was I was doing some real estate sales and a little bit of investing. And um, this was around 2006, seven somewhere in there. I bought this piece of property from a lady who wanted to buy a house in a neighborhood where I was selling. I bought it with two other investors. It's about seven or eight acres, had a house and a trailer on it. And, um, the, the two investors that I bought it with, they had a verbal agreement. Don't put too much stock in a verbal agreement, but they had a verbal agreement from a buyer who was going to buy this piece of property that we were purchasing from us for $200,000 more than we paid for it. Mm. And, um, I owned, I was going to own 50% of the property. So I'm, I'm, this is 12 years ago. So I was about 30 and, you know, I was going to put a hundred thousand dollars in my pocket without, and we didn't spend a dime to buy the property because we, we, we got a loan and then we used our real estate commissions to put a down payment and we were going to sell the trailer off the property to make the payment until we flipped it. So I was literally with no money out of my pocket, I was going to make a hundred grand. And I remember going home and telling Mary about it and thinking, here I come home, you know, the big hunter bringing home the bacon. Yeah. Well, 2008 happened. <laughs> and out went my buyer. And my, my partners bailed on me. Um, the Lord was kind. I lost a lot of money. But the Lord was kind and the and. And because my partners bailed on me, the bank let me walk away from the, the loan. In the recession, they were doing a lot of that back then. And um, I, I, met, I struck a deal with them, and they let me walk away. But the Lord taught me something. And, and I, I remember it was, it was, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was like God was talking very loudly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Bradley, you're not going to do anything without me. Because I, I didn't even pray about that. I didn't. I, I just, I saw an opportunity and I jumped on it. And and ended up losing. And the Lord used that to teach me a lot. And one of the things he taught me was, 
you know, your life's not your own. You're a steward. You're not an owner. And you're not going, you're not going to run off and get self-reliant. I'm not going to let it happen. Um, and some people might just say, well, you just made a bad business deal. And maybe I did, but the Lord taught me something through that, that I, I came away with a limp yeah. from that, that I've never forgotten because I, I, I wrestled with God about that big time. And, um, there, there, it, there's a whole long story about it, but it, I came away with a limp and it was painful, but I'm thankful for it because I learned that, you know, I, I can't do, apart from him, we can do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Trevor, do you want to say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> I think, I think God does that with all of us. We all have our own kind of battles and we all have our own limps per se. Yeah. Um, I know I've kind of went through something similar to you too, Bradley. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how, how God works in mysterious ways. It does. So true. And I think, I think as children of God, you know, we need to, we need to learn and to be grateful for the limps, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm starting a, a series through the book of James this Sunday, and I actually just recorded the sermon a couple of hours ago because that's what we got to do these days. Did you do it in the All Seven Days T-shirt? It was under the shirt. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so yeah, maybe that is, but it, nobody's going to see it. <laughs> that's right. Um, but you know, one of the things James says, he says, "Count it all joy, my brethren, when you face trials of various kinds." Because you know that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness when it has its full effect uh, will make you complete and perfect, lacking nothing. So the word test means to prove the genuineness of. So anytime we go through something hard, it, you know, you hear Christians talk a lot about the fact, well, I think God must be teaching me something or showing me something or whatever. And a lot of times people, they, 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 they're saying something true, but it's spoken in the thin air because I believe anytime we go through difficult circumstances, God is teaching us. He's showing us that the faith he's given us, Yes, it does secure our eternal destination, but it's also able to save us through trial. It, it's a faith that works. I think that's what James is, that's, that's his main point in that whole letter, is that it's our, our dependence on God, our childlike dependence on God, that, that God is constantly proving and testing and growing so that we, we get to the finish line. You know, we, we, that's verse 12 is blessed is the one who endures because he will receive the crown of life. Um, our, our faith is not a, a salvation box we check and then spend the rest of our life in self-reliance and then go to heaven when we die and not hell. It's a, there's an endurance to the Christian life that is going to be marked by the limp of faith the limp of dependence, the limp of, God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me because I can't do this without you. And God goes, yep, now you got it. 
That's a great sermon right there, the limp of faith. Yep, the limp of faith. <laughs> Our book title. I'm going to start walking with a limp from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see you, I'll whack you in the hip, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stan. <laughs> Bradley, thanks so much for joining us again and uh, and shedding more insights into, uh, into this craziness that we're into. Uh, we really appreciate you. The National uh, Preaching League's most valuable preacher right there, Mr. Pastor Bradley. National Preaching Leagues. <laughs> Always a pleasure, guys. All Mr. Right. Pastor. Awesome. Well, Thank you, you can uh, join the conversation. Send your questions in at askitall7days.com, 864-660-9473. Check us out on YouTube. You can see what Pastor Bradley looks like in an All 7 Days t-shirt on the YouTube channel. So check that out. There it is. It's great. It's awesome. And you can get yours at all7days.com slash shop. Well, uh, support us there and uh, leave us a review on iTunes and let us know how we're doing. Remember, this is the All 7 Days Podcast, where the goal is to get you to think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go get someone what you value most today. Today.